right, hey, it's George Lopez. I got my oldest friend Ernie here. I wanted to do this thing called uh, uh, Tell Me Your Story. I believe everybody has a story. Uh, I've known Ernie my whole life, and I don't think anybody's ever heard us talk uh, together, so that's what this is about. So, Ernie, introduce yourself, and let's start, to, let's start talking. Hey, my name is Ernie Ariano, A-R-E-L-L-A-N-O. Wow. Is that Italian? Because you don't see a lot of Mexicans with that last name. You know what? No. <laughs> it's not? No, it's not. You never not. thought it was Italian? You know what? I've heard, like, Filipinos, actually, with that last name. Yeah. Ariano. But, no. Because Filipinos have Lopez, too. And, Do they really? Yeah. Which wow. is a little bit strange. Like, I think they're just skinnier Mexicans. <laughs> it's the, shorter, right? The, uh, uh, so, how long have we known each other? Wow. Since we were four years old. We're 51 now. Since we were yes. four years old now. 51 wow. years old. Um... We've spent a lot of time together. When I started to do stand-up, oh, oh, tell them the story about the guy that went to your school. Okay, so me and George were always together from you know, grammar school all the way up to junior high. And then when we finally made uh, high school, um, me and George was always, was always kind of, get, not getting in trouble in a bad way, just George would always throw him out, throw out those, those little you know, funny little things that he'd say during class. And then I would kind of chime in, and you know, I'd get I'd get in trouble, and then uh, they send us to the send me to the principal's office. So after you know, a few of these, my dad said, you know what, I got to separate you from from George. So, you know, nothing bad, you know, but but uh, so I went to the neighboring high school. George went. We went to San Fernando High School, so I had to go to Kennedy High School. Which was a better, I think, academic school, and you played football, so. Yeah. So I had a chance to play football. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that, yeah. Was, that was good. That was a good thing. But the best thing that happened was I, uh, I saw this story in the school newspaper in Kennedy, at Kennedy High School. There was this kid doing comedy. And. What year was that? This was, man, this was like. 77. 70, yeah, around there, 77. Jeez. That's crazy. And I don't even remember the guys. I remember his last name was Nelson. Don. Don Nelson. And uh, I don't even know if he still have the article, but I, I took that article to George's, to George on the weekend. And it was a big thing about the guy in school that he went to the comedy store and had a picture of him on stage and he, he wore what all the comedians were wearing back then, like a, a sports coat with, yeah, exactly. with a knitted tie and jeans. And the patches on the on the Patches album. on the album, yeah. <laughs> So uh, I showed him that article and then George, I told George, you know what, you're funnier than this guy. I mean, come on, you know. And George, even at that point, he knew he wanted to be a comedian. I think uh, we were 14 years old. We were, George was watching the, the Midnight Special, and he saw Freddie Prince, Freddie Prince Sr., not Junior, Freddie Prince Sr. on the show. And we've never seen anything like But by that time, we were already into like Richard Pryor and Bill Cosby, and Chico and the Man had already been on TV and Sanford and Son. So me and you were, me and you were, you know, you were a better athlete than I was, because you played football and you're actually pretty good. All those guys played. Thank you. You know, and I didn't. My my grandparents didn't let me play football. So, uh, but you were a good athlete when you were growing up, right? Yeah, we were. We were all we, you know, baseball, football. You know, we always had a doing something. But getting back to that story about Don Nelson, um, I think that's where it all started because I took that article to George and you know I kind of convinced him to yeah let's let's hey this is your dream man. And the, the, the one key of that article was is that there was a address. We didn't know where this guy was playing or whatever, but there was Monday night, open night. It was open mic night. 
And uh, so we had the address. It wasn't the comedy store on Sunset. It was a comedy store in, in Wilshire, Wilshire on, in Westwood. Westwood Village. Westwood Just, Boulevard. Yeah. So, so uh, we went there, man. And we went for three weeks straight just to sit in the audience. I don't know how you came up with that plan, man. But it was so, it, there was a plan when well, you think I, about I, it. I did it because I needed to get courage. I needed to see it done and how a dude even walked up on stage and how, we, how, how he did stuff. The first, the first time we went was Cinco de Mayo of 1979 and in Westwood on a Saturday night and we went there we bought tickets and I think we were drinking sodas or whatever but then we saw Danny Mora and then we saw I think uh, Yakov Shmirnov was yeah and um, Tim Thomerson Tim Thomerson and a bunch of dudes and then we followed Danny outside and uh, I told him that I wanted to be a comedian and he said well what do you like and I'm, I said I'm like you and then he Rip me a new asshole for 20 minutes for saying <laughs> nobody's like him. <laughs> and we right, thought so it was all cool because he, was, he had like a strap, uh, like a, a leather a, leather strap. Uh, he had a bag. Yeah. He still has a duffel. Does he really? And a Laverne and Shirty hoodie. Hoodie. <laughs> yeah, man. So that was the key. That that kind of article kind of you know kicked George in the butt to to start his his career. But then we went to my grandmother's house and we started to write down jokes. Yeah. Yeah. And. You remember your first your first joke with the when you first went on stage? The first time you went on stage, what you know was kind of like iffy. It was the first time, eighteen years old. Come on, you know, still in high school. Second time was you know pretty good. The third time it was just he just ripped the place. And you described that third time. Oh, that third time, man! It was like it was everything. It was you know George knew right then and there that he was going to be a professional comedian. Eighteen years old. And the, the, great, the greatest thing about the whole thing is that we had it on cassette tape. The old pop-up realistic cassette tape. Yeah. And we recorded that on audio, much like right now. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and he killed the place. And I remember George, he couldn't wait to, to get outside and listen to it live. Because you figure, you know, you're on stage, all that's a blur, you know. It was, he was like, it wasn't long. It was probably five minutes around there. It was like, it was, he was like, did that really happen? That you know. So we ran outside, like a couple of you know, caged animals, just you know, on the street there. And, and George remembers this. I don't remember this though. But he says we, we stopped in front of a medical building, and we we, we kind of like sat on the steps and listened to it. Yeah. But also, we ran up and down Westwood Boulevard trying to find a place to listen to it and. It was like the first time that I ever remember like my feet not touching the ground. Like I remember like just running and, and being like not feeling my feet on the ground. And George, his very first time prior to him going on stage, he was so nervous that we had to ask this guy on the street, you know, to buy us to buy him a bottle of, of Booms Farm. Yeah, it was at the Westward Hole hey, Market Ho? on West on Westwood Boulevard and there was a wino out there and we didn't have a, a cork remover <laughs> so we pushed the cork into the into the wine and then and then drank it because I was so nervous but you know what I was thinking about that because the anniversary of the day was a couple weeks ago I was thinking about how I mean think about where we were from where to get rid of nerves you used alcohol already 
at 18. That's a little that's, bit. That's as, I, as I started to think about it, it was a, I was a little bit disturbed by the fact that I needed alcohol at 18 to kind of curb my nerves when I could have just done it by deep breathing. But Can't all right. So anyways, all right. Go ahead. You know what? And but it worked. Hey, whatever worked. That's the way. That's the way we grew up. You know. And so George went on stage and he did his five minutes, like like in two and a half minutes. He was so nervous. And he uh, he paused this one time because he was going so fast. And when he paused, that was his biggest laugh. I remember that like it was yesterday. And I think they laughed because I looked like I wasn't taking a breath for three minutes. So when I paused, they started laughing. Yeah. I didn't even know what they were laughing at. I was looking around. <laughs> wow. But it, 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 uh, it was a blur then. And I can still remember just little pieces of it now, but I probably remember more now than I did then. Back then, it's just... Yeah, it's a blur. It's, it's a crazy shit, because I wasn't comfortable up there, and I would just see this bulb. I'm waiting for it to turn red. To, to, to get off. I remember, you know, growing up with George and, you know, going to these house parties and George just in the backyard with all the guys just, just, just freaking tearing up the place, you know. These guys are rolling, you know, and then, you know, maybe a girl would peek their head out and say, hey, what's going on out there, you know. They're having, they're having too good of a time. And, you know, that's how George got his, you know, his acceptance from, from people, you know, just, just being funny. And, it, it was a trip for me to see that, you know? It was a trip for me to, to, to see George from, and I would always tell him that. I would say, George, if we can just take that guy that, that we know and put him on stage, and it's a process, man. It's, not, it's just not gonna happen overnight. It's, you know, it takes a few, few years to, to, to get your character and get, and, and, get, and get comfortable on stage. But once he did that, I, it was like, hey. It took me probably I would say it took me more than 20 years to, to really? do that. Yeah, because I was always struggling with being comfortable. And there were dudes that were better, hundreds of them. But um, I just don't know what, what it was that I had that was different. Because fuck, man, what about when we used to leave before they would call my name? I was so scared. That's right, that's right. Tell them about one of those at the info. <laughs> Yeah, you'd put your name in the hat, right, when you first get there. And you'd get there around 6 o'clock, uh, doors open at 8, and you'd wait around and wait around. And I think all that waiting, it just, it's a buildup, and you could either just, you know, embrace it or just say, fuck it, you know, it's, you know you get, you're so nervous. So by the time, you know, they had George's name posted on, on the list, you know, it was like, man, am I ready? And it's it's like anything else. You're doubting yourself, you know. And do I do I belong here or what have you? But, you know, and George sometimes would, yeah. He'd get up and leave and say, let's get out of here. I said, okay, you know. But it's, I guess that just goes with the territory. And then how just, do you think that you and I didn't talk for how many years did we not talk? You know, it's, it's something I never, never talked about. And this is like, this is like an exclusive issue. So, me and George, I know George was, was I always knew he was going to be a, a, you know, a professional comedian. I always, always had that from day one. The first day he said he wanted to be a comedian, I, I, like I said, I, I'm the guy that came with that, with that article. And I said, you're funnier than this guy. And, but for George to, to 
where he's at now and where he came from, it's like, it's not, not that far, like distance wise, but it's day and night. You know, we grew up in San Fernando and now George is you know, living in a nice place and with a great career. But man, it's like, it might've been the other side of the world because it's amazing. I, I, always, I always tell people, you know what? The story, George's story is freaking amazing. And it is, it's the American dream. We, you know, it's, it's something. Yes, I get that, but tell them about how, how we didn't talk for a long time. Because yeah. we're very close friends, but. Very close. There was a period there. Well, uh, and did you think it had to do with when I was married and who I was married to? I, uh, well, you know what? Yeah, I, I think that she, your, your ex there was uh, kind of very protective of you. And she didn't want any, you know, people that George grew up with kind of, you know, still. And it's, it's, it's tough to talk about it. It really is. How many years was that? No, man. What do you think? What do you, uh, was it 10 years? I would say just a little under 10. What about that time when somebody said, hey, you know Ernie Ariano? And I said, yeah, I used to know him. What did I say? I, I hurt your feelings? Yeah. That they said, hey, you know Ernie Ariano? And I said, yeah, I, I used to. I used to. Wow. And then I think, I think they told you and then you got all pissed off at me. Yeah. But what I, what I realized when we started to talk again, and it's probably been, you'd be surprised, dude, it's probably been over 12 years. That was in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Was that, um, uh, and I, I feel more like it now, is that, you know, all of this stuff is just stuff. You know, it's great to have an ability, but it's better to have friends. And, you know, you and I are very close now, and, you know, you've had some health stuff that I'm helping you with. But if you could travel, I'd take you with me everywhere I went. And I've been golfing since we started golfing in 1981. And if it wasn't for me and you, I wouldn't have been golfing. But you liked to golf, and so did I. And then we even golfed with Cheech one time. But then I've golfed all over the world, and, you know, nothing would make me happier than to take you to someplace nice, like Pebble Beach, and go golf and stay at the house and and do all of that because you know I was the type of guy you know you had your mom and dad and your brothers and I didn't have anybody and my grandfather and grandmother you know my grandfather's very tough so I spent a lot of time alone I don't think it helped me to be alone uh, and uh, you know but you mentioned my brothers you know and I cannot I have two older brothers so you know my brothers it's, it's blood and you love them but I can honestly say this George I consider you a lot closer you are my brother you're much closer to me doesn't matter if it was 10 years or 8 years, you're much closer to me than my two brothers. Yeah. I consider you, you know, you're my brother, man. And it doesn't matter. It was, it, it kind of, to see your career go, go up and you, you just kaboom, you know, it was, it was kind of like a, like a minus for me because I didn't, I didn't get to spend the time with you like mm -hmm. I, we used to. I didn't get to, we didn't get to hang out anymore. Because you were busy, and I understood that, and that's probably why I was the kind of guy that, or I still am, that I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bug you, even though we're that close. I wasn't gonna call you, hey, what are you doing? You know, I figured, oh man, they they're coming out of the woodwork, and people are always, you know, hey, do you remember me, George, and this and that. And then when I heard that you said that, I go, okay, well, I'm just, you know, we'll see one day. But the funny thing, I, I always knew George. One day, one day we we'd reconnect. I always knew that, and and it it, do, it doesn't matter. One, 
one day I was watching your sitcom, and I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start balling here, but um, me and George always grew up. We'd all toss the football in the backyard or, or play catch, whatever. And and I was a big Washington Redskins fan. Yep. Okay. NFL, NFL football, because I always played football. So, and when George had a sitcom, he knew that. One of my favorite players, which you guys probably don't even you don't you don't even remember this guy's name, but his name was my favorite player of all time was a wide receiver for the Washington Redskins. His name was Charlie Taylor, number forty-two. Okay, so me and George weren't speaking at this at this particular point when I was watching his sitcom, and I saw George. I was watching his sitcom, and I saw George sitting down on the couch, wearing a Washington Redskins jersey, number forty-two. And they just had the front shot of him, right, sitting down on the couch. And then when he gets up and turns around, it said Taylor on the back. And I lost it. Because you knew that I was thinking about you. Yeah. You know. Because I, I knew what a wardrobe and I had to tell him what I wanted and it was all premeditated. And I knew, you know, I knew, because we weren't talking and... For whatever reason, you know, it was nothing, you know, really It wasn't bad. a big deal. Yeah, it was no big deal. But like I said, I, I, I pulled back because I didn't want to bother you. I didn't want to, you know, because, you know, every, you hear it all the time, right? So, and even when I heard the, the best friend's name was Ernie, I knew it was, was, you know, that was your little, you know, tribute to me. And I really appreciate it. I still do to this day. And sometimes, you know... People say, hey, aren't you Ernie? I say, yeah, I'm the real Ernie. The dude even look like you, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It took me a while to, to swallow that, but, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, you know, I was always in good shape, but then later on, you know, not, not so much. But, uh, yeah, and then, but that, getting back to that jersey, whoa, when, when I saw that, I, you know, I knew. And I wanted, I didn't have a phone number, I didn't know any, you know, you know where George is living at or, or whatever. And then my little sister is a dental assistant, and somebody that worked on George's show at that same time, she came. That person came into to my sister's uh, uh, office, you know, the dentist's office, and I don't know what happened, but the guy was talking about George's sitcom, and then and then my little sister Dory says, "Yeah, I, you know, I I've known George since I was a little kid, little baby. This is my brother's best friend." And he goes, really? And she gave this guy my phone number. And then I think the next day, or maybe even the same day, I'm driving home from one of my job sites in, on, in West Covina, and I see this number on my cell phone, and I don't recognize the number, and I never really pick up a, a, you know, a number that I'm not familiar with. But I just picked it up. And we hadn't spoken, like I said, for like eight or 10 years. And when I heard that voice, I knew right away. I knew it just like, you know, just without missing a beat. I said, hey, George. And the, and the conversation was just very, you know, direct. And, you know, just, say, hey, how you doing? How you been? And I said, hey, how you doing? It's, good to, it's really good to hear from you. And then you just said, we'll get together. And, and, and we did. We played golf, you know, that with Cheech. Mm -hmm. And I was so nervous, man, because I hadn't played golf in a long time. But then... But then I thought it was just going to be me and you. I didn't know it was going to be uh, Frank Pace and, and, and Cheech Marin. And wow, when I saw Cheech, I was, more, I was twice as nervous, you know. But it was a good day. 
it cut it just like everything just we 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 golfed just like we did the first time and we talked and and it was it's just like nothing's changed so that was a good day that was a real good day and and like I said it's it's it I don't want to sound sappy or anything but it's 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 great, man, to to have my brother back again. You know, no matter what, and like, I, and as far as I'm concerned, I can give a rat's ass about the fame. I can give a rat's ass about, you know, because in in those years when we were we weren't talking, I mean, me and George would always George would always throw stuff out, and and he he he'd use his when I say th throw stuff out, I mean you know his material, and he'd use me as a sounding board. He goes, well, what's how's that, man? What do you, I said, that's fucking funny. Use it, you know. And then in those years, I'd, I'd think of something and I'd, I'd look at somebody on the street and me and George would always say, hey, look at, you know, so-and-so, you know, uh, whoever, you know, we yeah. see a face on the street and we'd say, hey, that guy looks like this guy. And, and they go, oh, no shit. And he'd add on to it. And, and it, was, it was really, it was like a lonely, hollow feeling when I'd, I'd see this guy and I'd say, hey, you know, Eddie Munster looking ass or something, you know, and, and there's no George stuff, you know. <laughs> you know? I would hate that, I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd miss that like like nothing else. Doesn't matter, like I said, I would miss that. Just just that, you know, being together all the time. You know what, if, if when we were like in, in high school and, and we were teenagers, if, if we weren't doing, we were at a comedy club or we weren't at a, a baseball game, a sporting event or, or a concert, those three things we were always we were always out and about. I don't know how we had the money to do it, but we 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 were always doing something. And you know, but the comedy was number one. And then when you and I got back together, we got together all the other guys. Yeah, that's right. So we we um, we used it for good, and then put all the other guys because nobody that we grew up with still hang still hung around together. That's right. And it's you know what. And I see it, I'm like at a distance, but I see the other guys, you know, that we all grew up with. And you know what? They're, they're all fucking proud of you, George. They're all proud of you. And it's, it's, it's good to see that, you know. It's good to see, you know. There's sometimes where we all go to a, a ball game and, and we know that you're out of town or whatever and you're busy. And, or we just went to a Van Halen concert last week. And George was busy. He was out of town, and and you know he couldn't he couldn't make it. But you know we said, Chet, you know oh, it'd be cool if George was here, and just because we we did a lot of that stuff. We did well, I'll tell you what, concerts. when 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 I got my star on the Walk of Fame, which was the day of the hundredth episode of the sitcom, which I never imagined would happen, and uh, it had rained uh, like in the last couple of days, but that day it didn't rain, and I think I was in Variety with a picture congratulating me on the 100th episode and uh, it was in a great spot on Hollywood Boulevard by the, by the Sephora, by the entrance to the Kodak Theater. And, you know, everybody was there. I think the mayor was there even. Yeah, the yeah, mayor was there. Uh, so when I started to talk, I was all right emotionally because back then I cried at everything, man. I don't cry that much anymore. But back then I cried at everything because it was all so new and all meant so much because I had so little. But when I was up there and I turned and saw you, Andy, and Arnold there. Arnold, Bellos. Yeah. Andy Alvarez. Yeah. And uh, it, man, I was like broke down. It was, there's not many times I spontaneously break down like that. And uh, it, that was, that was one of the, one of the times.
Uh, but uh, it's been fun, man. And you know, it wouldn't have happened without you pushing me. And even when you didn't go, like when I would tell you, hey, let's go, and then you'd call me and you'd say, I can't make it. And I wouldn't go. Uh, I never told you this, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you know, the, the reason sometimes, you know, George, we were 18, 19 years old. And, and George, you know, we were, we were always together. And I was kind of like his, you know, his, 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 you know, his, his strength, man. I was like there because we really didn't know anything. So it was, it, it was comforting to, for him. I knew this, that, that I was there with him because all this stuff was new, you know, just waiting around and having to get on and all that stuff and then worrying about being good or, you know, if the material's good enough or what have you. But George would say, okay, we're going to go, we're going to go here next, whatever, next week. And then I'd call up at the last minute and he, I'd piss him off because I'd call and say, I can't make it. But the reason I couldn't make it is because I had to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, 5.30, to go to work with my dad. And my dad was like, just, you know, we have, we have those, those, those influences. That they're always, hey, don't do what I say, you know. And your ass has to get up to do your construction work at 5.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock. That's what you got to do. And whatever you do the, the night before, hey, that's, you know. But I couldn't, I couldn't get up. And my dad would say, hey, you know, you, you want to go out with George? Well, that's cool, but get your ass up in the morning. And I, right. that was tough, man. I didn't know that. Yeah. But, but when you couldn't go, I didn't go. And then when you couldn't go most of the time, I started to think, well, fuck. If I can't go without this dude, what the fuck, what good am I going to be? Yeah. You know, if I can't go without this guy and I can only go if somebody goes with me, I, I'm, this ain't going to work. So... It taught me something else. It taught me to be more independent because I always needed, so did everybody that grew up where we grew up. We always needed somebody to go with us and hold our hands and tell us where to go and show us. Hey, let's get something straight, though. I didn't hold your hand, though. All right. No, so. but. <laughs> you know what? Tell the time where, where you opened up um, at the Universal Apple Theater and you did so many dates, all sold out. And it was, I was in the audience and you invited me. And when George was in his, you know, first starting out, George was always a big stand-up comedy fan. And they used to do these shows at the Universal Amphitheater every year, comic, comic relief. And we were so young, we were 19, 20 years old, and George had it in his head that we had to go to comic relief and see, you know, Billy Crystal and Robin Williams and everybody. And... It was sold out, and we couldn't get a ticket. And George said, "Fuck it, let's hop the fence in the back." We were like, just groupies, man, you know, just just to get a glimpse of one of your comedy, you know, idols. And George started to climb the the chain link fence at the back of the parking. You know, nobody was around. We, we couldn't see anybody. But just as George is at the top of the fence, you hear the security guard say, "Hey, what are you doing?" Get out of there! And George retreated. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. And then just a few years later, then he opens. I mean, he it's his show, sold out. How many times, George? It was like I did nineteen. That's crazy. Over the sold out five years. That's like the white people say. That's so surreal. <laughs> but yeah, man. It's crazy. It's but you know what? It's crazy to see all this. It's crazy even when you know. The first time he did, like, I think it was like, uh, what was it? Stand up, uh, comic, not comic. Uh, 
Comic Strip Live. Comic Strip Live. That was a big. I was like, wow, you've mm-hmm. arrived. Yeah, it's pretty good. George's George's dream, his only comedy dream, was to come out and appear in the Tonight Show, and he did it. He did it with Johnny Carson. He did it with the King. And that was that was it. You know, it was like it, if I can only do that, anything else is just it's gravy. Well, I'll say there's been a lot of gravy. That's right. Because that was 21 years ago. And how were you, man, when you first, when you, were you nervous like a mother? I was 30. That was scared, yeah. Yeah. But I did all right. I didn't do, I didn't do exceedingly well, but I I did all right. Solid. They cut it down from like five minutes to four minutes when I got there. Really? But I, I thought I did did all right. I was nervous, but uh, it's not going to go on their highlight reel, but (laughs) I haven't seen it in 20 years. I've only seen it like once. Really? But it was all right. I met him after the show, and you know what? You're right. It has been gravy, and that's all I wanted to do. All right, Ernie. I appreciate it, man. Hey, love you, brother. Thank you. I love you, too. Take a little trip. Take a little trip. Take a little trip and see. Take a little trip. Take a little trip. 